Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let's keep our minds on him. Hallelujah. There's a working of his spirit today. I take it seriously and I know we may have not have walked this way before, but the, the Lord has taught us and trained us things in things. And there's a working of his spirit here today. And I don't want to miss this opportunity. You go back to Samuel and Eli had to tell him, go back. That's the word of the Lord. That's the Lord talking to you. Hallelujah. Let's just keep reaching out as we, as we move forward this morning. Hallelujah. Lord, you told me you're doing a new thing. Lord, I know it's all in your word, but you dealt with me. Lord, today you dealt with me specifically that today there is a new thing. Lord, you already told us, look. Lord, to go forward. You told us that a couple of weeks ago. You told us to go forward. Lord, and this is how we're going forward. God, I believe it. God, you said you're doing a new thing. You said it, Lord. You said it. Not a new thing on top of an old thing, but a new thing that is different. Lord, I believe, God, that's You've come on me too many times over this last week and dealt with me about that metamorphosis, about that change. Lord, we got to believe it and accept it. And I receive my change. God, I believe it. I don't know what all you're doing in the spirit today, God, but I feel it. I feel that change. God, I feel that working of your spirit this morning. There's nothing else that can be preached. There's nothing else that can be prayed. God, we got to have that change. we got to have that change, Jesus. we got to have that thing that enters into us, Lord, by your spirit that changes us. We've got to go from this carnal to the spiritual. God, it's got to happen. There's got to be this baptism into your death, God. Whether it come by measures, God, however, but that change, God, has got to be made evident. God, it's got to be made evident, Lord. It can no longer just stay dormant and be a hidden work, God, but it's got to be made evident. You've been telling us, Lord, about these men of God, Lord, and these that were going to step on the scene, God, these ministries, these anointings. You've been telling it, God. You've been telling us about it, and I hear you. I have heard you, Jesus. I have heard your words, Lord. I have heard your words, Lord. I have heeded your words, Lord Jesus. We have heeded your words and we have heard you, Lord, and we expect it, Jesus. We expect it, God. I expect that new today. I expect that new today. I expect it, Lord. I expect it. Lord, it's nothing I can do. It's nothing I can explain. It's nothing I can make happen. It's nothing I can demonstrate, Jesus. It's new. It's all by your spirit. It's not by might. It's not by power, but it's by your spirit. It's according to your holy word. It's according to your promises. You spoke by your holy man, Lord. You spoke by your holy prophets. You told us this was coming. Lord, and we believe, God, that this is the day, God. We were born in this. For this day, we were ordained to be alive in this day and this time. Lord, you put it upon us to be forerunners, Lord, and I believe that, Lord. I do not believe, Lord, that any word has been spoken in vain, but I believe the words that have been spoken. I believe the words that have been spoken by the vessels of God, Lord, whether it be thousands of years ago or today, God, I believe it and I lay hold on it. Lord, I lay hold on it, Lord. Hallelujah. Come on, y'all. Come on. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on. Open up to him. Oh, God. Hallelujah. Come on. Not the old. I want you to yield yourself to something new. I'm telling you to yield yourself to something new. Hallelujah. Don't default to your old. Reach out for the new. Hallelujah. 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 Caleb had a different spirit. Woo. Caleb had a different spirit. Come on. Get yourself a different spirit today. Hallelujah. Oh, come on. Holy Ghost. Come on. Oh, God. Don't worry about what you sound like. Don't worry about what's happening. 
happening. Come on. Oh, God, hallelujah. Come on, Jesus. Make it new, Lord. Make it new, God. Don't let me do it in an old way. God, let me do it in a new, Lord. Let me receive this new thing, Lord. Let me receive this new thing. Oh, come on, God. Come on. Come on, people. Paul, this is it. Come on. He's working something today. We won't get another opportunity like this. Do it today. Oh, hallelujah. Come on, yield to him. Oh, hallelujah, Jesus. Come on, Lord. Oh, God. Oh, hallelujah. He's got a change for you today. We're each called to different administrations and ministries and operations of His Spirit. He's got your change today. He's got the change that you need today. The angel of the Lord is in this place. of him. Receive that wine. Oh, 
Come on, receive it. Receive that new wine of the Holy Ghost. Receive it. That holy oil. Oh, come on. your spirit in this place right now God don't let us go back God don't let us go back God we move forward God we move forward we move forward we move forward oh my God 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 thank you Jesus thank you Lord 
Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on, Lord Jesus. Come on, Lord God. Oh, my hustle, I have my days on the cage, I lay my ass, I love my Jesus, I love my He's ordained this to happen this day. He's ordained this this day. Oh, we soak it all in, Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. of all the hurts from the past of your life. The Lord's breaking so many things. There's a tenderness going to come out of you. There's a tenderness, and they're going to say, so much so, they're going to say, that's Sister Deborah that used to have that pickaxe. But now they're going to see a different spirit. They're going to see a different spirit. You may sure use that pickaxe, but it'll be in a different spirit. That hardness and that thing that they have, devil just provokes you at every turn. The Lord just melts it away. The wine of the Holy Ghost, the oil of the Holy Ghost just melts it all away. I like a pistachio shell. You're so hard, but I see a crack like that, like a pistachio shell. And the meat is coming out. The meat is down in there, and that shell is opening. It's a crack right now, but it will come on off. 
And that meat will come forth. Oh, let it work. Oh, God, let it work. Let it work. It's a change today. It's a change of the Spirit of God. It's a change that only the Spirit of God can do today. It's a change that only His Spirit can do today. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let it work. Come on, let it work. Let the Spirit of God convict you. Let the Spirit of God change you. Let the Spirit of God break you. Let the Spirit of God move. Holy God, holy Lord Jesus, holy. Thank you, oh God. Thank you, Lord. Holy, holy. Wilt thou be made whole? Wilt thou be made whole? I tell you, the Spirit of the Lord is present to heal. There is a presence here. He has troubled the water. Now, wilt thou be made whole? Don't make an excuse. Don't say there's none to put me in. I'm telling you, God is saying the waters have been troubled. You have no need that a man puts you in. You have only need to accept that you are made whole. Holy, holy, holy. Nothing that man can do. 
Nothing that man can do, God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And by your spirit, Lord. Yes, Jesus. Yes, Lord. Yes, name healing in Jesus name healing in Jesus name God healing healing for your people God healing that balm of Gilead Lord healing for your people God healing healing Jesus healing 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 God that wine purifies and that oil heals oh come on this thing is real Come on, this thing is deep. Come on, you have no need that a man put you in. You let Jesus heal you. Holy, holy, holy healing, God. Healing by your stripes, Jesus. You paid for it. It's ours, Lord. You're offering it today. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh God, in your name, Jesus, God. Oh God, be strong, God. Oh God, oh God, you give us faith, oh God. Oh God, Lord Jesus, oh you give us a man, God. Lord Jesus, we're well able, God. We're well able to take that lunch, God. Come on, come on, come on, let him work. He's still working. There's no way. We waited too long. There's no way I'm cutting it short. Don't even think about it. Don't even think about it. Oh, my God. Come on. Oh, open yourself up to the Spirit of God. Open yourself up to His Spirit. Open yourself up to His Spirit. Oh, my soul. There is healing here today. Oh, God, I know we've heard that so much, but that is not what God's saying. This is a new healing. This is something different we don't even know about. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That's all I know is I know what he said. I know he said the waters were troubled. I know he said healing is here. And I know he said there's no, we don't have a need that man be put, put us in it. What he said, all he said is, will you be made whole? Hallelujah. Yes, that's all he said. He's telling us today, wilt thou be made whole? Sister Deborah, wilt thou? Be made whole. Let it go from all of the past and everything. Let it go. Justin, wilt thou be made whole? Every person in here, 
the Spirit of the Lord says, Wilt thou be made whole? It's up to you today. You can be free from all the hurts of ministry today. You can be free from all the hurt of family today. You can be free. I'm, I am not making it up and it's not part way. God told us like he spoke to Moses. He said, get up and go forward. Can't quit. Keep on praying. He said, get up and go. I'm telling you today. This is the hour, the moment. You can leave here free from all the hurt that you've done to yourself. The hurt of neighbors and talk, whatever it is, I'm telling you, this is what the Lord spoke at the first of the year. He said, if you declare my truth and my kingdom, that now is the time that the people will be made free. I saw the chains fall to the ground, but what I saw was it was up to people whether they step out and walk free. I step out and I walk free. I will not be defined by one thing of my past. I will not. I don't have to because I don't have need that a man put me in that pool. Jesus told me I was healed today and I'm walking free. I am not yoked with that hurt feeling. I am not yoked with that sadness. I'm not yoked with that discouragement. I'm not yoked with condemnation. I'm not yoked with pride. I'm not yoked with these things that people have put on me. I'm not yoked. I'm not bound by my circumstances and I am not bound by my past. Bless God, it's a clean slate and not only does the Lord not remember it, but I don't remember it and it no longer affects my personality. It no longer affects how I reach out to God. It no longer affects my relationship with God. It no longer affects how I minister, how I speak to people, how I pray, it, how I relate to people. It no longer affects it, and that's for everyone, not just me. I'm saying myself because that's the easiest way for me to get the words out, but I'm telling you it's for everybody. It's up to you. I saw that pile of chains falling off of people or the chains coming off and I'm going to a pile on the floor, but it's up to the people to walk free. It's up to you to walk free today. No man can do it for you. No man can do it for you, but I tell you, it's, that is, God has done it. It's up, to, it's up to you. I am, I am new. I don't even know what all that means, but something happened, and that old stuff from my past, it ain't a matter of repenting. It's the damage that gets done to you. That's what happens, and it affects you, and it causes you to lash out. It causes you to act not like Christ at it causes you to behave in your day-to-day -day relationships, cause you to yell at the television or anything else. You don't. Jesus didn't yell at those politicians. He went in the temple and cleaned them out. And he did that by righteous indignation, but he didn't yell at this world. We need that nature of Christ. My God, I don't think I can open my eyes yet, and I don't really want to. My God. Ooh. Let's just chill in his spirit for a bit. Hallelujah. Oh, my God, so much the Lord is saying.
I, what, what I saw was when they crossed Jordan, you know, they went and put the 12 stones. They put stones there as a remembrance. And uh, we don't have to have that remembrance. That was appropriate, but the Lord was showing me that people, they hold on to their families, they hold on to traditions, they hold on to uh, altars that they've made for people and things and situations. And we've made little altars everywhere we, for every occasion, okay, for every situation, every trial you've been through, you've made a little altar to it. And... Um, that's what we've done, but that causes a remembrance. He wanted a holy remembrance when they crossed over. I get that. That's, but the Lord used a parallel. Let's say you had an abortion and you repented of that, but you made a remembrance there. I don't know why that, whatever. Uh, maybe you, you know, committed adultery. You made an altar there. A remembrance you never let it go and you constantly go back to that and it's like a marker in your life of how it changed your life those things change you uh maybe there i don't even know i can't i can't come up with anything else right now you get the point what the lord is telling us is there we've made altars here and almost we've made gods out of our trials and our sins and we've not put them in the past. We've made them as markers in our lives. And as we, we are forgiven, but yet we always go back to that point and reference that point that changed us. Hallelujah. I'm trying to reach for the right words to communicate what I saw there. If your testimony is always about you had an abortion and God forgave you, you're, you're making an altar to that. You're making a God out of that. Follow with me. If you had a great sin in your life and you repented and you know God forgave you, you're making a God out of that. I know God delivered you of drugs, but if that is the only thing you ever preach, it's a God. You've got to lift up Jesus. He may have you say, hey, brother, I've been right where you're at and you've been bound. God, I've been bound too. He might have you say that, but if every time, if it's always about that thing, you make a God out of it, you make an altar out of it, you have to be careful. You don't worship that thing that he delivered you from. You put it behind you. I didn't mean that you, did, you don't do that. I was using that as an example. I was using that as an example. Hallelujah. Search your heart. That's not up to me to do. I'm going to communicate what the Lord said. But you find out what altar of sin you've made in your life. That can't be your testimony. Always lift up Jesus. Always lift him up first. If he has you refer to a circumstance to identify and get them on board, that's one thing. But I guarantee you in your personal life, you're going back to that altar, your own self. And you're remembering that time that he changed you. Yeah, we remember where we came from. But you don't make an altar out. You don't stay there. You don't keep going back. And you, you don't. It's under the blood. 
It is gone. I can tell you there's things God's healed me of and I cannot remember unless he brings it to my remembrance. And if he does, I'll go there. But if not, Jesus is enough to preach. Lift up Jesus. Let's lift up Jesus. Hallelujah. His spirit is still working. His spirit is still working. Let's please wait just a few more minutes. Hallelujah. Let's let his spirit finish working. Oh, God, hallelujah. Hey, uh, Pastor, would you come and I, I, and just take me by the hand? Thank you, Jesus. Let's face this way. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. God, divine healing. I saw that divine healing. Divine healing. In Jesus' name, God. This is what I saw was this right here. Let's wait, y'all. Thank you, God. Thank you, Jesus. Holy, holy, just wait. Just wait. Just wait. Just wait. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Let's let his spirit keep working. Oh, my God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. You ready? Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Spirit of the Lord's in this place strong. God wants to take His people somewhere today. There's a place in the Spirit God wants to take us right now. But you've got to turn loose. And you've got to give God control. You know, this was probably back about the time I started a church in Fort Payne, maybe a couple years later. But I had been through a lot of hurts in ministry. A lot of people had confidence since Susie turned her back on me. I've been talked about and lied on and cheated on. And the Lord 
ever since probably the middle 80s has used me in the gifts. But I noticed the Spirit of the Lord wasn't flowing like it needed to. And the Lord spoke to me. He said, you're building a wall in the natural. He said, to keep out the hurts. To keep yourself from being hurt. He said, you're, you're trying to manipulate things and do things to keep from getting hurt again. And the Lord said, when you do, He said, you're going to build a wall against the flow of my Spirit flowing through you. He said, when you guard yourself against natural hurts and against pain of the heart, He said, you're going to build a wall. You may block out the pain. He said, but you're going to block out the flow of my Spirit. He said, hurts part of it. It's part of it. You got to learn to live with it, and you got to learn to forgive, and you got to learn to let it go. It's part of it. It's part of it. You can't look back on them. You can learn from them, but you can't look back on them. I had to do some praying. This word right here will witness to everybody in here. Because the Spirit of God's going to flow, you've got to be open. Son, this don't sound right. I don't know what's going on. You just don't. Sounds muffled. You've got to be where the Spirit of God can flow in you and flow out of you. You don't build walls. I believe it's in Psalms. He said, it wasn't my enemy that wounded me. But it was him. My friend that I went to the house of God with. I had precious communion and fellowship with. That's who wounded me. Amen. That's who wounded Jesus. Well, Brother Matter, there's people I don't know anything about. They hate me. I can identify. People I've never met. But Jesus said, you'll be hated without a cause. He said, they hate me. They're going to hate you also. But if we don't learn to turn loose, stay in that place with God where the communion of the Spirit of God will flow. I don't care who you are. I don't care how long you've preached. If you, I don't care. You ever get to a place that you're trying to? That's what it's acting like. You're just putting batteries in it. If you ever get to a place that you're trying to manipulate everything, control your situations, control your life to where you won't get hurt, you're headed for trouble. Because I don't care who you are, what you do, you cannot stop the will of God in your life. 
And for God to bring you to the place he wants to bring you to, that you can effectively be used by the Spirit of God, there's going to be pain. There's going to be heartache. There's going to be sorrows. It's just part of it. It's part of ministry. If you really want God to use you. If you really want God to flow through you, it's going to cost you. Salvation don't cost you nothing. Don't cost you anything. I remember the Lord walked in our church in Fort Payne. I won't never forget it. I saw it in an open vision. He walked right to the door coming into the auditorium. This was one New Year's Eve. He looked right at me, says Susie. He said, salvation don't cost you anything. He said, I paid for it. He said, but be a vessel that I can minister and flow through. It's going to cost you. It's going to cost you. Why do you think Jesus said, if you will lose your life for my sake, you're going to find it. He said, but if you find your life, you're going to lose this. Amen? You're going to lose this. The God's wanting to work in you. I appreciate the Lord today. I appreciate what God's doing. Now I'm fixing to get into this word that God's put in my spirit. And I feel like the Lord is going to Take us somewhere today. Just get another set of batteries, Brother Justin. I believe that's what it is. I don't know. It just sounds like batteries to me. But the Lord has been dealing with me for about two months now on this word God's fixing to turn loose in this generation. And You know, every move of God reaches its climax. Comes to an end. Comes to, I mean, as great as Paul was. Wrote three-fourths of the New Testament in the epistles, most of it from prison. <laughs> but yet there come a time well, he said, I fought a good fight. I finished my course. But one thing about me, I kept the I've kept the faith. Amen. I've kept the faith. I've stood strong on God's Word because I believe it. I believe God's Word. He's been solid in my life since I was 19 years old. I just turned 64, 45 going into 46 years. I've kept the faith. I ain't been back and forth and in and out and up and down. I've been solid. 
46 years. And I fought, not just for myself, but most of my fights have been for other people. Did y'all realize that? Most of my fight has been for God to bring other people on. I remember Sister Sheila Austin ministered to me a couple of years ago or three years ago. can't remember what it was in Fort Payne. And this is what the Lord told me. He said, I've held you back from going into the kingdom that you could take other people. <laughs> Got to the place where I could talk to the Lord. I said, thanks a lot. <laughs> He said, well, somebody, somebody's got to lead people. Somebody's got to lead God's people how to possess, what to do. And I don't care what you say about me. I don't care what you say about this church. I have fought and taught people to fight and to pray and to seek the face of God. I can't take you into it, but I can lead you. I can guide you. Amen. I can teach you what to do. I can show you how to throw a punch, but you're the one that's got to throw the punch. I can teach you how to block, but you're the one that's got to block. And you know, God brings every one of us to milestones in our life and our walk with God. LJ99 was a milestone for you, says Susie. Your grandma and grandpa dying was a milestone for you because it changed things. Anything that God does that changes you brings you to a deeper relationship or walk with him, it's a milestone. I heard you talking about them children of Israel come over Jordan. And they put them rocks right down in the middle of Jordan. That was a milestone. That was a testimony. Anything God works in you is a testimony. Most of them come with pain. They come with hardship and heartache. But you got to turn them loose and you got to let them go. You got to take what God's done. Let that healing, let that working of the Spirit of God work in you. And then you got to forgive. You got to move on. You got to move on. What I told you this morning is fixing to happen, Sister Kathy. It's fixing to happen. You just be sure there ain't nothing in you hindering what God wants to do. Just be sure. I'm telling you, there's working of the Spirit of God in this place today. There's a deep moving of the Holy Ghost. Because God is ready to bring His people to maturity. He's ready. Amen. He's ready. The church has been the same place it's in since the 50s. Ain't grown any. I'm sorry. Ain't grown any. I've seen people my whole life Go to church, never grow a lick because they're never taught. But if you're taught, then you've got to apply 
That's the reason it's so important to have a home church and set under leadership. Because when you don't set under leadership, you can't be taught to come to that place that you can be a leader. I didn't ask God to make me a leader. I didn't ask for it. It's God's will for my life. But I'm going to tell you something. That I know it's God's will. I'm going to do it. And I'm going to accept the challenge. And I'm going to fight on. Somebody's got to stand for righteousness. Somebody's got to stand for righteousness. And I don't remember what date it was. But I know it was back in February. If I got my dates right, I'd have to check my notes. But you might remember what day it was, Lisa. When the God took me out in the spirit when I took the service and I was in prayer and I saw the sword of the Lord. Thank you so much, the first part of February. Now that was a prophecy. I think it was like the eighth or something, I can't remember. But I saw the sword of the Lord. I'm gonna read these scriptures. But God has spoke three or four things to me since the first part of February. And was it the 19th that I saw it? Okay. I didn't. I know I prophesied that day, but I, 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 that might have been the 19th. But anyway. But go with me to Numbers 32. Let me see what we got going on here. I have no idea. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Turn me up back there, Justin. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Thank you, not. All right, turn me back down back there. Let me see if I can. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. That's better. That's better right there. At least it don't sound as muffled. Does that sound better to y'all? Thank you, Jesus. But I want to read this, and I just, I just want to recap more or less what I'm going to do today, what God's been speaking to me, because you mark my words. If I be a servant of the Lord, something big fixing to hit. It's fixing to hit spiritually, it's fixing to hit naturally. I'm telling you something big fixing to hit. I feel it. Man, there's something been in me for the last two days. I just I just feel like the word Lord fixing to just explode. Fixing to come out of me like a roaring lion. And brother, I've been trying to help over out of Birmingham. He he made me some magnetic signs. He just volunteered to make them. I sent him something and I don't know if y'all remember, but it's been several months ago I heard the voice of the Lord speak to me and said, the lion of the tribe of Judah shall now roar. Well, he sent me about six of these magnetic signs, about six inches, about two foot long. It says, the lion of the tribe of Judah shall now roar. And I put one across the face of my freezer because I want to be reminded the word of the Lord. And it ain't been about two weeks ago. I ministered on the word of the Lord shall roar. The church ain't ready for what God's getting ready to do. The church ain't never seen the God they fix and see. They've never seen the God of wrath. They've never seen the God of judgment. They've never seen the God of power. 226. That's when I saw the sword of the Lord. Okay. Alright. I don't know how much of this I'll read, but I'm, I just want to give you the whole concept this is in Exodus 32, and I'm at verse 21. 
Now this is out of Exodus. That ain't when I saw the word of Moses. This is when I saw the sword of the Lord dipped in blood. Okay. Okay. Exodus 32 and 21. Moses said unto Aaron, What did this people unto thee that thou hast brought so great a sin upon them? And Aaron said, Let not the anger of my Lord wax hot. Thou knowest the people that they are set on mischief. But like some of these preachers, I won't blame the people. For they said unto me, Make us gods which shall go before us. As for this Moses, the man that brought us up out of the land of Egypt, we wit not what is become of him. And I said unto them, Whosoever hath gold, let them break it off. So they gave me, and I cast it into the fire, and there came out this calf. When Moses saw the people were naked, for Aaron had made them naked unto their shame among their enemies. Do you know God's people's naked right now? God's people's naked. That's the reason the Lord spoke to me here a while back. And he said, people, people will look at you and they'll say, Where's, where is your God? You talk about this God of miracles and healing and deliverance. Where's he at? Where's this God? Why do the heathen rage and say vain things? Where is your God? They fix and see my God. You hear me? This whole fix and see my God. I may step on your toes and hurt feelings from here on out, but you rest assured of one thing. I'm going to speak the word of the Lord because God is going to deal and is beginning to deal with sin among God's people. God fixing to deal with these preachers that are standing in the pulpit that got spirits of fornication, that are liars, adulterers, fornicators, perverted. God's getting them out from among his people. His people ain't going to be subject because I'm going to tell you something. Man, preaching with that kind of spirit, he can relay that kind of spirit. Y'all hear me? It's the reason the Bible said, don't let no man lay hands suddenly on you. You get somebody got a perverted, unclean spirit, they lay hands on you, they can pass it to you. Somebody preaching in this kind of spirit, it'll set up a warfare. It'll set up a warfare. You hear me? I talked to a man one time in private. Because the Lord showed me he was caught up in porn. He stuck his chest out and reared his head back to me and bowed up at me. Said, well, I can handle it. I said, maybe you can. But I don't think you can. I said, what about them kids you got in your home? You bringing that mess in on your television. Bringing that perverted, unclean, ungodly mess into your home. I said, them spirits that you think you can handle, I said, they'll attack your kids. I said, they'll attack your wife. They'll attack your family. See, what we don't realize, we're dealing with spirits. We're dealing with powers. The Lord told me the other night, what I studied this week, he said, powers, every foul spirit, every cage, every unclean bird, everything that can be turned loose against this generation has been turned loose on it, and people don't know how to handle these spirits. I remember when Sister Daniels was in Fort Payne, I think it was 2013, I can't remember now, 
It might have been in the uh, uh, fall of 2014, but she said the Lord told her by the first of the year people didn't get a relationship with God, they were not going to be able to handle the unclean spirits that's being turned loose on the earth. And I tell you what, I've seen people go down. Seen them go down. I got to thinking the other night, you remember our men's meeting back in 2012? We probably had, what, 15? The picture used to be on the bulletin board at Fort Payne. I could go back and I could count about 15. I probably can't count six or seven now that's still standing for the faith. Probably can't count six or seven that's still standing for the faith and still holding on. A lot of them have backslid. They give up. They've gone the way of the world or they've settled down in religion. We don't need people settling down in religion. We need somebody to stand and fight for the faith. There's just something in me this morning. I'm so angry I'm about the sin in the camp. I'm so angry about the perversion I, and evil that's got in people's lives. I'm so angry I, that preachers ain't got a backbone to preach. I, my God, they're catering to their people and all they're doing is having good church. I, and good church is leaving people over for the devil to come in. I, my God, when you're fighting spirits of depression, I, perversion, fornication, and evil. You can't just have good church. There's got to be something on the inside of a pastor or an evangelist or whatever you are to bring deliverance to stand against evil. There's got to be an anointing. Oh my God, ain't you ever read in Romans 13 that all the powers that be be of God and that minister of God bears not the sword of the Lord in vain but he is an avenger. Oh, he's an avenger. The word of the Lord's in my bones today. I'm telling you, the word of the Lord's in my bones today. Turn it back down back here just a little bit more, Justin. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. I feel the word of the Lord in my bones. I'm going to tell you something. You ever mess, don't mess with this spirit. Don't mess. This will hurt you. I'm telling you something. This one right here will bite you. Hallelujah. Verse 26. Then Moses stood in the gate of the camp and said, Who is on the Lord's side? Let him come unto me. And all the sons of Levi gathered themselves together unto him, and he said unto them, Thus saith the Lord God of Israel, Put every man his sword by his side and go in and out from gate to gate throughout the camp. Slay every man his brother and every man his companion and every man his neighbor. And the children of Levi did according to the word of Moses and there fell of the people that day about 3,000 men. For Moses had said, Consecrate yourself today to the Lord, even every man upon his son and upon his brother, that he may bestow upon you a blessing. And it came to pass on the morrow that Moses said unto the people, Ye have sinned a great sin, and now I will go up unto the Lord preadventure. I shall make an atonement for your sin. Go with me to the book of Joshua, chapter 7. If I know what I'm feeling, you mark my word. I'm talking about right here. I'm talking about all over the world, but I'm talking about right here in this area. Preachers, 
are fixing to have the hand of God against them. What did Peter tell us? He said the time is now come that judgment must begin where? Where does judgment begin? Somebody tell me. It begins at the house of God. Peter, I believe Peter said first time. First time. Hallelujah. I was in prayer the other night and I don't know how many of y'all remember the word of the Lord in Ezekiel. I believe it's eight and nine. But the Lord got on Ezekiel and Ezekiel cried out and he seen six men. Are y'all hearing me? He seen one with a rider's ink corn. But he seen six men. He seen one with a rider's ink corn. The rest of them had a destroying weapon in their hand. And he told that man with that rider's ink corn, he said, you go through the congregation and you mark. You put a mark on everybody that's praying, everybody that's sighing, everybody that's crying. And he said, you begin at my house. You begin at the priesthood. You begin at the ministers. I'm telling you, God right now is going to purge the sons of Levi. He's going to purge the ministry. This mess of fornication and adultery and lying and money grabbing and filth and perversion and homosexuals being ordained into the pulpit. This spirit has no business in the house of God. And I raise my hand against this spirit. By the spirit of the Lord that's in me, I command this spirit to be struck down. I command the men to repent. If they won't repent, I command God to smite them. Smite them. Smite them. Get them out of the pulpit. Get them out of leadership. They got no business leading God's people. Ain't got no business. I had a vision years ago. It was 1996. I don't know how many of y'all remember it. I know some of you heard me tell it. But I was preaching in a little town called Haleyville, Alabama. And the Spirit of the Lord was there. And I was walking. I was preaching. The Spirit of the Lord hit me so strong it turned me around my tracks. And God took me in an open vision. And I seen women and men stand naked before me. And I seen men and women rotting in their private parts. Just like an apple rots. Y'all seen an apple just get a dark brown rot spot on it? That's what I saw. And the Lord spoke to me. And he said, they're fixing to find a cure for AIDS. And he said, what they do, I'm going to smite them with the worst disease. And I saw like a microscopic organism go into men and women's private parts and bore into them. And the flesh began to rot. The flesh began to rot. And God said, people that know my name, and he said, they don't stop this perverted sex. They don't stop this unclean spirit. They don't stop this fornication. They don't stop living like they're living. He said, I'm going to bore their private parts. He said, like a microscopic worm, and I'm going to start rotting in their flesh. And said, ain't nothing doctors can do about it. There will be no cure. And after I come out from under that spirit, the devil started tormenting me and, and said, you missed it. I said, devil, I didn't miss it. The devil started harassing me. I said, God, I want scripture, and I want it right now. The Lord spoke to me. I believe. I'd have to go back and check it, but I believe it's Numbers 5. He said, if a spirit of jealousy gets on a man, he said he'll bring his wife to the high priest. He'll scoop dirt off the floor, mix it in water, and she'll drink it. And said, if she's guilty, said her belly will swell and her thigh will rot. And he said, I am the judge. I am the high priest. And he said, I am judging this perverted evil generation. I mean, my God, every time you open your mouth now, 
this LBGTQ mess. It's got something to say about clean people, about people trying to live right and morally. They got something to say, and our government bends over backwards to accommodate this perverted mess. You watch the word of the Lord fall on it. You watch the word of the Lord. You watch the spirit of the Lord fall in this perverted, unclean mess. If I be a servant of the Lord, righteousness is coming forth. It's coming forth. I'm telling you, it's coming forth. Hallelujah. It's coming forth. Make me one thing we need to pray for. That's an act of God. That's going to bring the Spirit of God that will reprove sin. Because there's no reproving anymore. There's no reproving of sin in the house of God anymore. People that have a relationship with God, there's a reproving in them. But people that don't have a relationship with God, man, I remember when God saved me, he put a spirit in me. If I even thought something wrong, I'd go crawl under the altar. And y'all ever had God smite your heart? You ever had God rebuke you? He don't have to do it about one time and you sure don't want it again. I had God tear me up one time, says Kathy. <laughs> no thank you. No thank you. I had God reprove me and rebuke me one good time. And that's all it took. And I'm going to tell you something. I don't want that rebuke again. But you know the Lord said, them that I love, I'll chastise, I'll reprove, I'll rebuke. And God told us through Paul, he said, let the scripture be used for reproof, for rebuke, for exhortation. Now you can exhort people all day long, but you reprove them or rebuke them, they're going to get their feelings hurt and they're going to be out, and you ain't going to see them no more. You know why? People can't handle government. Government don't just exhort you. Government corrects you. I ain't talking about your natural government. I'm talking about spiritual government. It brings you in line with what God's wanting to do in your life and in your spirit. It brings you in line. Is anybody with me? I'm in Joshua chapter 7. And I'll bring y'all up to date on this. I didn't want to read the whole chapter. But you know, Joshua and children of Israel come up there against their enemies. And they come against a, a country called Ai. I believe it was Ai. And one of the men told Joshua, he said, well, ain't no need in the whole camp of Israel going up. Just give me two or three thousand. We'll go up there and whip them. <laughs> they got up there and got whipped. And Israel fled from their enemies, and 36, just 36 men of Israel got killed. And they run for their lives. And when they run for their lives, Joshua got on his face and started crying out to God and screaming at God. Well, if you had to stand up for us, what'd you bring us out of Egypt for? What'd you bring us across Jordan for? In verse 10 of Joshua 7, this is what God told him. The Lord said unto Joshua, Get thee up, wherefore liest thou upon thy face? 
You only pray for people for so long. You only seek God for people to do right for so long. It's like somebody sent me a text here three or four weeks ago, maybe a month ago now. I don't keep up with time as good as I used to, but they said, don't quit praying for me. What do you want me to keep praying for you for? If you know to obey God, you know to serve God, you know to seek God, you know the call of God's on your life and you ain't fighting to possess it, what do you want me to do? Why should I keep praying for you to obey God? In your rebellion, you're refusing to obey God because you're doing what you want to do, yet you want me to get in the gap for you and petition the Lord to bring you into your calling. It don't work that way. Will I pray for God to help you? Yes, I will. But you got to help yourself. You got to put your hand to the plow and you got to go after what God's put in your life because there's only so much God's going to let me do. Amen? Let's look at what Joshua. Israel hath sinned. And they have also transgressed my covenant which I commanded them, for they have even taken of the accursed thing and have also stolen and dissembled also, and they have put it even amongst their own stuff. Therefore the children of Israel could not stand before their enemies, but turned their backs before their enemies because they were accursed. Neither will I be with you any more except you destroy the accursed thing from among you. I'm telling you, God fixing gets sent out of the camp. God fixing to get sent out of the camp. He gonna warn, he gonna prophesy, he gonna preach, he gonna speak, and the person that's got sin in their life, they don't get it out, God fixing to deal with it. Y'all hear me? God fixing purges, purge the sons of Levi. He's purging the ministry. The sons of Levi in those days was the ministry. Amen. But I'm gonna tell you something. You realize Moses come down with them Ten Commandments? The law hadn't been given yet. The tabernacle hadn't been built. The priest, the Levites had not been made the priesthood. But they were of Moses' seed and they knew Moses. And Moses stood and spoke with the, Lord, with the word of the Lord, but they gathered to him. You better find somebody that's got the word of the Lord in their mouth. You better find somebody that's got the word of the Lord and, and quit preaching these good messages. People don't need good messages. They need a word that's going to reprove sin. They need a word that's going to pull them up short. They need a word that's going to get this lukewarmness out of them and they're going to get back down to business with God. People just going on loving God and serving God, but they're, they're, they're letting sin in. It may not be a big sin. It may not be fornication or adultery or get down, but the Bible said whatsoever is not of faith. It's sin. He that knoweth to do good and doeth it not, to him it's sin. And God told Joshua, get up off your face, man. Start finding this sin in the camp and get it out. You don't think God will reveal your sin? You don't think God will reveal your sin? Go back and study Azusa Street. <laughs> Any of y'all ever studied Azusa Street? They'd be in there praying and seeking God and somebody would stand up and speak by the word of the Lord said, somebody in here is committing adultery. Somebody in here is alcoholic. Somebody in here is a fornicator. 
You better repent. You better repent now. And the Spirit of the Lord give it a space to repent. If they didn't repent, it's just Deborah's Spirit of the Lord following somebody else. And they go straight to the person look at them and say, it's you. You're the adulterer. You're the fornicator. You're the liar. You're the cheater. You're the alcoholic. And point their sin straight at them. Point it right to them. And give them a chance to repent. If they didn't repent, I'm going to tell you something. Church has never seen where the Spirit of God's fixing to go. It's not ready for it. You don't believe it'll happen. Don't believe the power. See, we, in what we preach and teach and believe, we don't believe God's a killer. We really don't believe that God will kill folks. We don't believe it. You can read it in that word, but do you really believe it in your heart? See, people talk about the great miracles like parting the Red Sea and causing the sun to stand still and Elijah calling fire down from heaven. People talk about that. They don't really believe God will do it anymore. They don't really believe God will do it anymore. My wife was talking to somebody uh, the other day about something and, and they said, you mean God still does them things? Yeah. But see, we ain't seen this God. Y'all remember when I told y'all in Fort Payne I was going to find the God of that Bible? I found him. It ain't pretty. It ain't pretty. When the Lord took me out back in the 80s and I, I was in prayer and I was at my mother-in-law's house and I down that chair praying and I felt the presence of the Lord come on me and I started trembling, I started quivering, I started crying. I looked up above that chair and there was one of them big oval picture frame looking things but it was a ring of fire. And the Lord looked at me, Sister Susie, there wasn't no love in his eyes. There wasn't no mercy in his eyes. He had on that helmet. He had on that breastplate. He had that on. He held that sword out and he spoke to me. He said, whatever I tell you to speak, you speak it. Whatever I tell you to do, you do it. And I said, yes, sir. And the word of the Lord come to me and said, he shall put on the garments of vengeance. He's putting on the garments of vengeance. He's putting on the garments of vengeance. I don't know where all this junk in the church come from. I don't know where this lukewarmness my God it's a, it's a stink in God's nostrils for people uh, that used to pray and seek the face of God and walk in the mind of the spirit uh, to be walking in the putrefied mess they're walking in now uh, it's time to get sin out of the camp are you hearing me uh, God told Moses uh, said you get sin out of the camp uh, and Moses put his hand to the sword uh, told him the sons of Levi put your hand to the sword uh, I saw this in the spirit uh, you hearing me? I saw this in the spirit. I, I saw them men put their uh, hand to that sword uh, and it wasn't just a little bit. The spirit of the Lord hit me and I started screaming. I seen that sword come out of its sheath on uh, February the 26th uh, and I started screaming, the sword of the Lord is unsheathed. Uh, the sword of the Lord is unsheathed. The sword of the Lord uh, is unsheathed. Uh, and it wasn't just a few minutes later I saw it dripping with blood. Judgment will first begin. Where? Right here. The ministry, the house of God, God's people. We want God to go out here and judge sin. We want God to kill the sinners. We want God to go out here in the world. Where's their example? Where's their example? If God don't raise up examples... And bring forth a church of righteousness and holiness and cleanliness that he's purged sin out of. How can he judge the sinner? How can he judge the How can he rightly judge the sinner if they don't have an example and they don't have somebody teaching them how to live right? How can he rightly judge the sinner? 
See, you start talking about revival, everybody wants to hoot and holler and scream and shout and talk about what God's going to do and then they won't talk about how he's going to judge sin. There's first got to be a space of repentance. God's not an unmerciful God. He's not an unjust God. If he's going to judge people, he's going to first give them a space to repent. That's what the Holy Ghost comes in for. He said when he, the Spirit of truth, has come, he'll reprove sin. When he, the Spirit of truth, has come in, he'll reprove sin. God, right now, I'm telling you, the Spirit of God is coming in, and it's reproving sin. It's reproving sin. It's reproving sin. People's hearts are going to get smote for breaking God's word. People that know to do right. He said, him that knoweth to do right and doeth it not to him, it's sin. Is that what it says? He that knoweth to do right and doeth it not to him, sin. And you better believe God is now letting his spirit, he's letting his word, he's letting his anointing loose. And it's going to deal with sin in people's lives. It's going to do. You mark my words. I see, I see preachers everywhere. They're fixing to die in car wrecks. They're fixing to die with heart attacks. Some of them fixing to drop dead in the pulpit. Some of them fixing to drop dead with sickness and diseases. I don't know and I don't have no information. But I believe that big preacher down there not too far from our house just died a few months ago. I believe he died with AIDS. Why he had a perverted spirit on him. God ain't gonna allow this mess. The Bible said, let everyone that nameth the name of Christ depart from iniquity. I don't care if you're Baptist, Methodist, Lutheran I don't care what you are if you are naming the name of Christ you better depart from iniquity and get iniquity because the Lord spoke in Matthew 7 and 21 and he said everyone that doeth that calls me Lord Lord shall not enter into the kingdom of heaven and in that day you're going to say Lord have we not prophesied in thy name have we not cast out devils in thy name and done many wonderful works he said, I'm going to look at you and say, depart from me. Depart from me. And I'm going to tell you something, we're moving in that day. Depart from me. Why the kingdom's being revealed. This ain't talking about the end of time. Y'all hear me see everybody thinks of Matthew 25, where he separates the sheep from the goats. Everybody's preached that's the judgment seat. No. No, that's just before the kingdom's revealed. Because he told those on his right hand, he said, Enter thou into the kingdom prepared of thee of the Lord from the foundation of the world. But those that was on the left, he set them aside. He said, You ain't going to be part of this. Let me tell you something. The son of the bondwoman shall not be made heir with the son of the free. The son of the bondwoman shall not be made heir with the son of the free. And people are bound in religion. They're bound in the doctrines of men. They are the seed of the bondwoman. But there is a seed of the son of the free. For ye shall know the truth. And the truth will make you free. And whom the son is made free is free indeed. Hang on, children. By God, buckle in. This roller coaster's fixing to get rough. This ride's fixing to have some dips and ups and downs but the word of the Lord uh, will come to pass uh, and I saw this a week ago uh, or two weeks ago whenever it was uh, I saw the word of the Lord uh, just step on the scene y'all hear me gotta get sent out of the camp First Kings 17 I don't know how many of y'all's been in what service, but 
on the 8th of March, which I think was a Tuesday night. Monday morning, I can't remember. I just have to look and see what day it was. But anyway, it ain't that important. But about 3.30 in the morning, the Spirit of the Lord walked in my trailer. And I felt the presence of the Lord. It woke me up. I was sleeping good. The presence of the Lord woke me up. In just a few minutes, I heard a voice. He said, the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. And I saw the spirit of prophecy that was on Moses. I saw the spirit of prophecy that was on Elijah. I saw the word of the Lord that was in Paul and Peter. I saw that kind of anointing. And that's when the Lord told me, said, the word of the Lord will roar. But on the 10th, whatever the following Monday is, it was in Tennessee on the 9th, Saturday was 10th, 12th of March, right here on my knees. Lord took me out in the Spirit. We had over a two-hour prayer meeting. Lord took me out in the Spirit right here. I can't tell you what I spoke. I think Brother Justin's got a lot of it, and I ain't had a chance to go back and listen to the recording. I think he recorded a lot of it on his cell phone, but right here on my knees, I saw the horizon. It's like I was looking at a, just like I was looking out this one, just saw the woods, just the horizon, and a big split come right down the middle of it. And I seen Elijah step out, and the Lord said, the word of the Lord shall come on the scene suddenly. He said, that kind of word, if it step on the scene suddenly. You know, you go back, you try to trace Elijah's lineage, you can't trace it. Can't trace it. Right there in First Kings 17, 1, it says, And Elijah the Tishbite. That's all you know about him. Try to find the town of Tishbeth. Can't Google it, can't find it. Ain't no history of it. It says it was a province or a town in Gilead. That's all I'll tell you. There ain't no lineage of him. He just stepped on the scene. Just stepped on the scene. And when he stepped on the scene, he began to speak the word of the Lord. He spoke the word of the Lord to Ahab, shut up the heavens for three and a half years. Then he disappeared. Ahab couldn't find him. He disappeared. What are we going to do when this kind of word of the Lord steps on the scene? And I'm telling you, it's now. It's right now. I saw it. It's right now. It's going to step on scene. It might be in vessels you know. It might be in vessels you don't know. But I can guarantee you one thing. You're going to feel the witness of it. Because God ain't going to have a bunch of people running around here. One saying one thing. One saying something else. Uh, uh, we're going to be in the same mind. We're going to be in the same judgment. We're going to speak the same thing. Because if I got the Spirit of the Lord and you got the Spirit of the Lord, God ain't going to be speaking something different out of all of us. You hear me? If you ever know what your call is, you better make your call in election sure. How many of y'all remember last fall I preached on that, preached on that, preached on that? Told people you better make your call in election sure. I don't know what you're called to do unless God tells me. But if you know you're called of God, you better make your call in election sure. Because what you're going to do in the Spirit of the Lord moves on you and the Word of the Lord falls on you. And God starts talking to you. 
telling you to speak. <laughs> and you stand there and say, uh-uh, not me, God. <laughs> not me, God. I can't speak like that. You send that over to Brother Metter. <laughs> That's one of them Brother Metter things. <laughs> now you can just send that on down the road to Brother Metter and let him do that. Brother Metter ain't the body of Christ. Brother Metter's one member. Brother Metter's one member. But you know why you'll tell God that? Because you know I'll do it. You know why you don't want to do it? Because you ain't got the confidence that God's with you and God's going to back you up. Oh, did I say that out loud? It's time to get confidence. It's time to get confidence. First Kings 17, verse 1. And Elijah the Tishbite, who was in the inhabitants of Gilead or Gilead, said unto Ahab, As the Lord God of Israel liveth before whom I stand, there shall not be dew nor rain these years, but according to my Word. And y'all got the confidence to step out and say, Lord told me to tell you, it ain't going to rain unless I say so. Well, who's he think he is? I know him. I know his spirit. He thinks he's the one God talks to. No. But I do know when God talks to me. Most time God talks to me, you can feel the witness of it. I'll do you one better, Ahab. There ain't even going to be no dew on the ground unless I say so. What kind of man is crazy enough to say it ain't going to rain and it ain't going to do these coming years unless I tell it it can? I can show you one. <laughs> I can show you one. Because I not got, I told the Lord years ago, says Susie, I said, Lord, if you speak to me, I said, I'll stand on the back door of hell if hell's got a back door. I said, I'll slap the devil in his mouth and tell him to shut up and I'll have revival on the back door of hell if I know you spoke to me. Pretty bold, ain't you? No, but what's in me is. What's in me is. 35 years. You ever seen this word drop to the ground? 35 years that she's been around it. 45 years since God started putting it in me. It don't fall to the ground. If I come talk to you and tell, I tell you I've seen something about you, you better pay attention to me. I went and talked to people in private, not to embarrass them. Told them what God showed me. Blow me off. Every one of them shipwrecked. Every one of them is shipwrecked. Don't get your feelings hurt at me. The Lord told me several years ago, He said, when I anoint you, He said, you ain't a husband. 
You ain't a son. You ain't a father. You ain't a brother. You ain't an uncle. He said, you're my servant. He said, my spirit falls on you. You better speak what I tell you. God looking at me out of that ring of fire with that drawn sword pointed down at me and the garments of vengeance on. There wasn't no mercy. wasn't no love in his eyes. I saw the hardness in his eyes. Why? He's getting ready to deal with sin. But out of his love, he's going to deal with sin. Out of his mercy, he's going to get sin out of the midst of God's camp. Because as long as there's sin in the camp, I don't care if it's one person. God can't bless like he wants to. God can't do what he wants to do. If there's areas in your life that you ain't got in line with God, you ain't got in God's order, God can't bless you like he wants to. He can't do it. God may bring some blessings in your life in an area, but disobedience can cut your blessings, bring them to a trickle. He said the willing and obedient shall do what? Eat the good of the lamb. The willing and obedient? He said, I'll let you eat the good of the land. But God ain't going to allow sin in the camp. Because God is gathering together him a church. I told y'all last week, the Lord told me back in 97. He said, I'm going to do something I had never done before and I won't never do it again. I said, God, you ain't never done nothing before that you won't do again. I said, ain't nothing you've ever done one time I won't do again. He said, this I'm going to do one time. I ain't going to do it again. So I'm going to take me a bride. I ain't never done it before. Once I do it, I won't never do it again. So see what God's doing right now? He's purging. He's sanctifying. He's washing. He's cleansing. Because he's fixing to take him a, a bride, the church, without spot, blemish, wrinkle, any such thing. Paul said, I've espoused you, a chaste virgin unto Christ. I've promised you. God's fixed to take him a church. He's fixed to take him a bride. Y'all hear me? He's fixed to take him a bride. And out of that bride, <laughs> we ain't going to have no, y'all pardon my straight force, we ain't going to have no bastard children in this. We're going to take him a bride, and then he's going to produce sons. He's going to produce sons. The sons of God ain't the bride. Everybody tries to tangle the church, the bride, and the sons of God all up in one. No. The bride is the church. And when the Lord joins himself to the bride and comes in, becomes intimate with her, then she's going to conceive. She's going to bring forth some sonship. Amen. She may bring forth some son of man before she brings forth some sons of God. <laughs> but she's going to bring forth. Are y'all with me? But she's got to be clean. She's got to be chaste. She's got to be pure. She's got to be holy. She's got to be sanctified. You don't know why I preach sanctification anymore. She says, Susie, when you got saved, Baptist Church preached sanctification. They did. Holiness folks used to preach sanctification. They don't preach it no more. You ain't going to hear much sanctification preached anywhere. Unless you just got some hardliners, what we call hardliners. It don't take all that. Yeah, it does. <laughs> yeah, it does. Unless you just want to walk in salvation. 
You can walk in salvation. And no, it don't take all that. But if you're going to be a vessel, that you're his house, you're his temple, he's going to clean you up and live in you, yeah, it takes all that. Y'all hear me? It takes all that. 1 Kings 18, verse 17. And it came to pass when Ahab saw Elijah that Ahab said unto him, Are thou he that troubled Israel? Brother Matt, are you the one keeping all this trouble stirred up? You the one, Brother Matter. You just won't let it rest. You just won't let people just have good church. No. I just look at him and said, I ain't the one troubling Israel. I ain't the one troubling Israel. Y'all with me? In verse 18, and he answered, I have not troubled Israel, but thou and thy father's house and that ye have forsaken the commandments of the Lord, and thou hast followed Baal. People have turned from the true and the living God. They've turned from prayer. They've turned from fasting and seeking God, and they ain't got nothing but a bunch of idolatry going on in the house of God now. Whether you like that or whether you don't, when you turned all this traditions and So, Susie, how long you been in church? All your life, basically, around it? Two weeks old. Two weeks old. How long you in church? All your life? You've been in church a long, long time. Where did we learn how to start service? What needed to be done? And what course to follow. We had to learn it somewhere. And it ain't changed. Since just two weeks old in the house of God. Song service. Maybe testimony service. I know somebody used to call it popcorn testimony. They'd pop up and pop over. <laughs> but you got to where you went to church and you knew who was going to testify. You know who's going to sing. You know what song is going to sing. You know what tongues is going to talk in. You know who was going to jump and holler and dance and shout. Same way now. And it's dead. <laughs> Lord told me the other night. I may have already said this, but I don't think I did. The Lord told me the other night. said preachers have become comedians. Got a bunch of one-liners trying to make people laugh. He said they become actors and they become court jesters. Doing cheap stunts, theatrical tricks just to move a crowd. Let me tell you something. You get to shouting and running, somebody going to shout and run with you. If I ever run, you better know it's real. I can't remember what year that I was in Savannah, Georgia. I think it was 91. And I was 
almost 40 days into a fast. And I walked out there and the Spirit of the Lord hit me and I run down that prayer ramp and I grabbed one of the big quarter poles on my tent and I shimmied all the way to the top of that tent. Me so weak I couldn't hardly stand up. When I got up top of the tent, the Spirit of the Lord hit me like a live electrical wire and I hung up there for about a minute and shook like... But them people come alive. And it wasn't no put on. But I see people put on to move a crowd. They sing to move a crowd. If you as a minister, if your main goal is to move a crowd into a shout and get them on their feet clapping and what you call praising God, you have missed the mark. But it's what goes on all the time. I love good music. I love good anointed music. I remember I'd go places, Susie come to revival. I, I could always ask this Susie to sing in a meeting. You know why? I trusted. She wasn't going to put on a show. I trusted that sincerity in her. She didn't get saved in my meeting. But she's more or less a product of my preaching <laughs> in a big sense. Just like some of y'all are. She'd coming forth and being born into this kingdom under this word right here. Y'all come in under somebody I birthed. But now this kingdom is being preached. You're coming in under this. That brother down in the other side of Birmingham, Brother Mark, when I went to Jasper, Alabama in 93, just a young man. He might not have been 17, 18 years old. I don't remember how old Brother Mark was then. Because I really don't know how old he is now. I think he's mid-40s, so that was... What, 03, 13, so that's 24 years ago. He's probably right around 20 years old. Raised in church, daddy was a preacher. And he told his people the other night, we went up, had a two-hour Bible study with him up Pigeon Forge. Me and Brother Michael wrote up there last Friday night, a week ago. Had a two-hour Bible study with him. Just went up there to be with him, have Bible study with him. He told 30 of his people sitting right there at that table, he said, I raised in church. My daddy taught me a lot. He said, this man's my spiritual father. This man's my spiritual father. Brother Michael Harrison, Fort Payne, I'm a spiritual father. You may have many instructors in Christ, but you ain't got but one spiritual father. Young man right, right back there. I'm birthing him in this kingdom. There's people coming in this kingdom. They never heard it before. They're hungry for it. Many years, Sister Kathy served God. I'm her spiritual daddy. Bringing her into this. And it's time to get sin out of the camp. I'm telling you, you got to fix and deal with this area. I've been fought hard up here. People have told people not to come. They spread lies on this church. They spread rumors. They, they put it out there. Well, because y'all don't sing enough. We ain't coming. Stay home. Stay home. If you ain't got no more hunger than God for that, all you want to do is come to the house of God and sing and shout and kick up your heels. Stay home. Because God can't do nothing and you know how. You're bound by religion. I said, Brother Metter, you shouldn't say things like that. Why not? It's truth. It's the truth. Malachi, third chapter. 
Y'all bear with me. I'm going to try to... I ain't going to hinder the Spirit of God, but... I'm not going to read the whole book of Malachi either. Malachi 3 and 1. Behold, I send my messenger, and she shall prepare the way before me. And the Lord whom ye seek shall suddenly come to his temple. Even the messenger of the covenant, whom ye delight in, behold, he shall come, saith the Lord of hosts. This is not talking about John the Baptist. Because when John came, wasn't nobody seeking the messenger of the covenant. Didn't nobody know that the Lord would live in you in his temple. Nobody knew you were the temple of God until Jesus came and Paul and them came. Are y'all listening to me? This was not the teaching. This was not talking about John the Baptist. It's talking about our day. And it's time to seek the Lord for a visitation. But who may abide the day of his coming? And who shall stand when he appeareth? For he is like a refiner's fire and like a fuller's soap. And he shall sit as a refiner and a purifier of silver. And he shall purify the sons of Levi. Now the sons of Levi is the ministry. We've got to have pure ministry. We've got to have pure ministry, children. Y'all want God to move through a bunch of uncleanness? You want God to move through a bunch of fornicators and adulterers and a bunch of women standing in the pulpit Got female partners and men got male partners and preachers are committing fornication and adultery with half the women. Is that what y'all want? Well, if it is, you better go find you something else because God ain't going to move in this mess. And, buddy, it's permeated the church now. I mean, church full of it. That's why God's got to do what he's got to do. He's got to get it out. And purge them as gold and silver that they may offer unto the Lord an offering in righteousness. Then shall the offering of Judah and Jerusalem be pleasant unto the Lord as in the days of old, as in former years. See what y'all, well, what I, if I can get this out right, we are entering in to the restoring of the former reign. That's what we're entering into. We're entering into the ministry of the Son of Man. The, the former rain falling on the day of Pentecost brought in the ministry of the Son of Man. It didn't bring in sons of God ministry. It brought in the ministry of the Son of Man. And I was studying this week, and the Lord, uh, for the first time since I've been preaching on Joel 2.24, where he said, and I shall cause to come down for you the rain, the former rain and the latter rain in the first month. For the first time since I've been preaching on this, the Lord took me to Hosea 6. And how he said, come, return unto me. He said, I've torn and I will heal. I've smitten and I will bind you up. And after two days, will he revive us? Well, see what y'all don't realize. It'd been right at 2,000 years since Jesus hung on that cross. That's you two days. After two days, will he revive us? The third day, which we're going into the 3,000 years, going to raise us up. We're going to live in his sight. Then, don't you remember when you come for pain in that motel down there one time I preached on the third day? That was back in what, 99, 2000, right after we started the church? I preached this way back then. He said, then. 
the Lord. If you shall follow on the Lord, the Lord, He shall come to you as the morning. What happens when you come out of darkness? Dawning. Dawning of a new day. You remember when I preached on the new day? Fort Payne three or four years ago. God put that word together. He said, then the Lord's going to come as the rising of the sun or as the dawning of a new day. And he's going to come to you. For those of you that will follow on to know the Lord, he's going to come to you as the rain, the former, and the latter rain until the earth. Saying the same thing right there. He said in Joel 2.24. Saying the same thing right there in Hosea 6. I believe it's Hosea 6 and 3. You in Hosea? What does it say right there in 6 and what? Oh, okay. Uh-huh. Okay, hang on. Then shall we know if we follow on to know the Lord, his going forth is prepared as the morning, and he shall come unto us as the rain, the latter and the former rain unto the earth. Ties right in with Joel 2.24. He's given you the former rain moderately, but he said, I'll cause to come down for you the rain, the former and the latter rain in the first month. The Lord told us first month is a new beginning. First month is the dawning of a new day. In 1995, I went to Arkansas to preach, and it was December, January, I can't remember. I think it was December, but I, I couldn't tell you for sure. But we got out there, and I preached that night, and it started snowing while I was in church. When we come out of church, we had two or three inches of snow on the ground. We was up on the mountain, kind of like Fort Payne. Well, we got back down to the motel, and we woke up the next morning, Matter of fact, the pastor called me, and he said, "If you looked out the window, I said, no, man, we looked out there, there's about eight or nine inches of snow on the ground. <laughs> he said, we're going to have to cancel service tonight. He said, ain't no way people get up the mountain. And he said, and they're saying there's a system coming out of Joplin, Missouri. It's just going to bring another 12, 14 inches. I got on my knees, and I told God, I said, I didn't drive all this way, sitting in the motel room, stare at the walls. I said, I come to preach. And I said, and I mean preach, I'm going to preach. Now I don't know what you're going to do, but you better do something. Because they said the temperature wasn't going up above 30 degrees that day. And it's going to be two or three days before them roads would clear up. The Lord spoke back to me, Sister Deborah. He said, by 1 o'clock, he said, the sun will be out. It will climb into the 40s. He said, I will clear these roads. He said, and you will preach tonight. I called the pastor and told him. He said, okay, Brother Matter. I said, I'll see you at church tonight. That system that was headed out of Joplin took a hard left turn and went north. Sun come out. By 3 o'clock, the roads was clear. I start melding off the roads. And the Lord spoke to me about a restoring. I was trying to remember what the Lord told me. That's when the Lord gave me that vision of the sun coming up. I had a vision just a couple of days after God spoke to me. And in the vision, the Lord said, Look in the eastern sky. I looked out in the eastern sky. 
And I watched. It was pitch dark. He got a little bit lighter, a little bit lighter, a little bit lighter, a little bit lighter. Then you could see it was light. Wasn't no sun nowhere around, but it was light. Then I seen the sun, like a big red ball, just peek up over the horizon. Just hanging there right on the horizon, just big red. Y'all seen, y'all know what I'm talking about. Lord said, look at it. I could look straight at it. He said, about an hour. He said, that's going, the sun's going to be up. It's going to be burning hot. It's going to be burning like a ball of fire. He said, you shall not be able to behold the glory of the rising of the sun. He said, you better look at it now. And I was trying to remember what God told me because God, but that was when God told me. New season, that's what God told me. He said, I'm going to bring in a, a new season. I preached on a new season because he said only certain seasons. He said, it's fruit where you can harvest it. He said, my word and my spirit has been out of season. He said, but I'm fixing to bring my word and my spirit in season. And I preached on a new season in 1995. I preached for other Cromer Rivers out in Bergman, Arkansas. That's where I preached that word. And God gave the sign. And I preached there three days. And God done great miracles. I mean, in a church, probably seat four or five hundred people. And I think I put about two or three hundred people in that church. And God worked all manner of miracles. Touched lives, saved souls, delivered. I'm ready to go on the highways. I'm ready to go on the hedges. I'm ready to get out there and pull out people that are called of God. I'm tired of trying to be a cheerleading squad encouraging the saints to serve God. You shouldn't have to have nobody to encourage you to serve God. What is it with people that go to the house of God and they're so beat down and discouraged and upset and depressed that you got to try to, you can't get some of them over seats with dynamite if you had spiritual dynamite. Why? That ain't what God called me to do. God called me to bring deliverance to the captives. You hear me? God didn't call me to be a cheerleader. And I'm trying, tired of trying to motivate people. That's the reason I'm turning loose of people. They won't get a relationship with God, says Kathy. People won't get a relationship with God and won't get in and do what God's called them. I ain't pulling you along no more. I ain't doing it. Why? It's not the mind of God. It's not the mind of God. Because I'm going to show you what God's fixing to do. I'm going to go down to verse... And I will come near to you to judgment And I will be a swift witness against the sorcerers Against the false swears, the adulterers and the false swears And against those that oppress the hireling In his wages, the widow, the fatherless And that turn aside strangers from his right And fear not me, saith the Lord of hosts There's no fear in the house of God anymore How many people you know will step out in the pulpit and their life ain't right? Comes to an end. If I be a servant of the Lord, it comes to an end today. God ain't going to allow these preachers to keep stepping out with sin in their lives. Because when they do, they minister that spirit into people's lives. I had somebody tell me a story 
years ago. They said it was a testimony, said it's true, but it's been way, way back. And they told me a story about a pastor. He had a young man working in a church, and the young man had a perverted spirit on him. The pastor preached and preached and preached. Wouldn't move the young man. So finally, one Sunday, the Spirit of the Lord come on him. He grabbed him by his neck, nap of his neck, drug him down the middle aisle, and drug him out the front door of the church. Said, "Don't come back till you get your spirit right." He said, "One lady, when he come back in, jumped up and said, you shouldn't have done that. That wasn't the love of God.' He said, "No, and it wasn't the love of God. Caused him to molest your twelve-year-old son either." Ooh, buddy, she changed her tune, shut her mouth. You can't let these spirits in the church. You put them in positions of leadership. You put them in positions of ministry. That spirit's going to go out of them. It's going to war against young children. It's going to war against people that ain't founded in the faith. Do we have to love them? Yeah. But you don't let that spirit in the And you preach the word. You stand in the anointing. You stand solid on the word of God. That spirit will not stay in the house of God where the truth is preached. It won't stay. The Bible said the, the wicked... Ain't gonna sit in the congregation of the righteous. It ain't gonna stay around this anointing. You wonder why people fighting so many spirits? That's what's coming out of your pulpit. You wonder why people are fighting so many spirits? That's what's going on in the home. That's what's going on in the home. You better get your home sanctified. You better get a spirit of prayer and a spirit of righteousness. Mamas and daddies now are afraid to say anything that's gonna offend their teenage kids. They're afraid to govern their music. They're afraid to govern their TV shows. They're afraid to watch what they look at on the computer. Let me tell you something. I don't care how old you are. You live in my house, under my roof. You better walk clean. Or you'll find yourself on the street looking for a place to live. Or you'll find me beating the daylights out of you one or the other. I don't care. I'm not going to have filth brought in my house, Sister Deborah. I'm not going to have uncleanness brought in my house. Because when you allow them spirits in your house, they're going to put up a warfare against your walk and your relationship with God. You do what you want to. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. We will serve the Lord. And he's come on right down to the church today. The very reason the church is battling the death spiral she's battling is just what I said. Preachers have become entertainers. They're operating. And I know some of you ain't going to believe what I'm fixing to tell you. But there's preachers started out right in prayer with gifts. And they're now working by witchcraft and soothsaying spirits. I'm talking about some preachers y'all have listened to. And you know what the sad part about this? God's people can't tell the difference. God's people can't tell the difference. Man, you better not sit under my teaching and then come tell me how good this preacher is and how they... <laughs> Man, you go outside church and want to have a heart to heart. And I'll look at you and tell you, I taught you better than that. <laughs> I taught you better than that. 
Sister Susie, I think he's coming to Fort Payne. This back in the early two or three years of the church in Fort Payne. And they had a, a preacher went to Gadsden. About everybody from the church went out there. Oh, he'd come out every night and he'd call people out and tell them their doctor's name, tell them this, tell them that, tell them what kind of sickness they had and pray for them, God would heal them. And they come and told me, said, Brother Matter, you need to go. You got to go hear this man. I said, why? So why? He comes out there every night. I see he ministers the same way every night. Oh, yeah. He calls people out, tells them their sickness, their disease, what their doctor's name is. I said, well, for one thing, he can't do that to me. They said, why not? I said, I don't got one. <laughs> and I said, if he's ministering the same way every night. I said, whatever gift it is, I said, he's working it. It ain't working him. I said, because I don't do that. The Spirit of God don't speak the same way every night. Don't minister the same way every night. The needs of the people ain't the same every night. And I think somebody was saying something about it. They might have been talking to me. And Sister Susie popped up. I don't even know if you remember this or not. She said, what's the matter with y'all? Y'all don't know the Spirit of Sue saying in divination from the Spirit of God? <laughs> and boy, that throwed the gauntlet down right there. I think a couple of them got mad and left church for two or three weeks, and that's all right. It's time for God's people to know the truth. Y'all tell me, when Moses went to Pharaoh, what stood up against him? Magicians, sorcery, witchcraft. When Elijah appeared to Ahab, he said, gather the prophets of Baal upon Mount Carmel. What stood up against him? Witchcraft, sorcery. Elijah looked at him and said, let the God that answers by fire be God. Ain't no problem, man. We can do that. We got enchantments. It caused fire to come down. One trouble is it didn't come down in the presence of the real God. When Philip went down to Samaria and preached, what was stood him? Sorcery. Witchcraft. When Paul went to the island of Paphos, there's a guy there named Sir, Sergius Paulus. Or bar Jesus by interpretation. Sorcerer. This spirit has always withstood the true anointing of God and always will. And now God said the spirit of Moses, the spirit of Elijah, the spirit of Peter, which withstood Simeon, Paul, which withstood Sergio Paulus. He said, this anointing shall now step on the scene. Because if we don't, ain't nothing going to purge the church. church ain't going to be purged what's going on right now. It's just going to keep going just like it's going. The word of the Lord shall suddenly. I seen it and I heard it. The Lord said, the word of the Lord shall suddenly step on the scene. Suddenly. And when this steps on the scene speaks, things will happen. Get, I'm telling you, get ready. Church ain't never seen this. Church ain't never seen this. You know, Jeremiah spoke the word of the Lord to, I think, one of the kings. And one of them prophets pushed back against him. I think the Bible said he had horns of iron. And he pushed back. Some of them made wooden horns. And they pushed, this and that horns of iron. And it pushed back against Jeremiah and spoke some things. And Jeremiah looked at him and said, if the year passes and you're not dead, he said, God ain't spoke by me. It wasn't very long they buried him. 
Well, see, this ain't divination. This ain't prophesying out of your own heart. This is prophesying the word of the Lord. This is what's going to get the world's attention. Y'all want to know what's fixing to get this world's attention? Somebody walked down the middle of Carter case, stand up on the courthouse square, and prophesy. It shall come to pass and just put a time period on it. Huge floods going to hit the Carter K River. Earthquakes going to hit downtown LJ and bust it open. When you start speaking like that and God honors this word, you're going to get folks' attention. You're going to get folks' attention. The word that was in Moses, the word that was in Elijah, the anointing that was in Peter and Paul, where Peter looked at Anna and Sapphira, said, how is it y'all agreed together to tempt the Holy Ghost? And their spirit left them. Fell down dead. Both of them fell down dead at his feet. And an eyes first in about the space of three hours. Sapphira's wife coming in. Didn't, didn't know what happened. And Peter looked at her and said, y'all sell the land for so much? She said, yeah. <laughs> he said, how is it that y'all agreed together to lie to God and tempt the whole? How is it? She fell down dead. Just as them that had Buried her husband, walked in the door, and they wound her up, took her out, and buried her. And the Bible said great fear came on the church. We've got to have the fear restored. We've got to have the word of the Lord restored. Y'all hear me? We've got to have the word of the Lord restored. I'm sorry I wanted to go further, but my strength is absolutely gone. <laughs> but I delivered what God said. Take this word. Get it in your spirit. Get it in your heart. Get this CD, DVD, whatever. Get it. Listen to it. Because I'm telling you, the Lord's preparing vessels to be used. You ain't going to have God speak to you, do something. You say, God, that's Brother Metter thing. You send it over to him. She says, that's what she, she lost and you still people. She said, now I'm going to preach. She said, but that miracle thing, they said, that's Brother Metter thing. I said, I don't do miracles. I told her one. I said, you will. Because you're going to go. God's going to equip you to bring deliverance. What's sense in going? Somebody tell me what's the sense in going if you ain't going to have the anointing in your life to destroy the yoke on sinners and on people that's bound. What's the sense in going? Philip went down to Samaria. He, his deacon in the church. God made him an evangelist. He went down to Samaria, turned the whole city upside down. Demons. With loud voices crying out, came out of people. Many people was healed of palsy, sickness, and diseases. Why? God equipped him. God equipped him. We got a lot of people running. They ain't got nothing to say. <laughs> you know, somewhere in the Bible they had a they had a battle, and when they'd have a battle, they send messengers out to report to the king. I think it was the battle of where Absalom had tried to take over Jerusalem, and the David come out against him. That might not have been him, but I think that was the one. And they dispatched a man and he run with a word to the king. And then they had another one. He would he just wanted to run, so he said, Take off, run. But he didn't have nothing to say. If you're gonna run, you need something to say. And you need deliverance. Amen. This generation got to have deliverance. How many of y'all appreciate this word today?
I'm going to tell you, there's a great working of the Spirit of God in here. Great, great working of the Spirit of God in here. Will you go to prayer with me? Righteous Father, I thank you. By your name, Jesus, what you've done today, Lord, I know. God, I ain't felt this Spirit come on me in a many, many a day. God, where you're fixing to deal with sin, you're fixing to deal with discord. Lord, you said there's six things that you hate, but the seventh is an abomination. That's he that soweth discord among the brethren. Lord, I've come here at your command. I've come here to preach your word. I've come here to stand for truth. Lord, I wish evil on no man. But I'm asking you today to stand for righteousness. God, you fight against the enemies of righteousness. You fight. God, against those sowing discord about this word, you fight against them, Lord. Lord, you let the spirit of your mouth, you let it be turned loose and you fight against them, Father. And you bring us to that place, God. We need this outpouring, God. We need this visitation of the rain and the former rain. We need, God, what you put in the early church. We need it restored. Lord, you said you would restore unto us. With the caterpillar, the canker worm, the palmer worm, and the locust, you said you'd restore it to us, Father. We need a restore, and we need you to send back the former reign of the Holy Ghost. God, it's time for a move like the book of Acts, and it's time to go beyond, Master. Let your name be honored and glorified. We give you honor. God, let this word sink down in people's hearts. Let it find good ground. We give you honor in Jesus' name. I worship you, Lord. Amen. I hope you appreciate the Lord today. I'm sorry I really wanted to go further, but I am running it out of gas. <laughs> Unless the Lord refires me. That's the reason we need divine health. How many of you know we need divine health to be able to do what God's called us to do? Please. Make your call and election sure. If God has put you in this church and making you a part of it, fight for it. Fight for it. Y'all hear me? We got to fight for it in prayer. We'll be here tomorrow night at seven thirty praying. Bible study seven thirty Tuesday night. And me and my wife's talking about having a. Bible study at our house sometime later in the week. Start inviting people she knows and different ones around. Come over and start studying the Word. So I'm going to tell you something. I just soon sit and teach the Word as I had to eat when I'm hungry. Man, I sat down with Brother Mark and them people the other night. And Brother Mark said a few things. And he said, he said, Pastor Metter, he said, just take us on. He said, and show us where God's got us right now. And man, the Spirit of God got on me and I opened the whole book of Joel. <laughs> I opened the whole book of Joel. Just sat there for about two hours and somebody would ask a question and I'd tell them. And somebody else would ask a question and I'd tell them. And many people just sit there and wrote and wrote and wrote and wrote and wrote notes. And We started somewhere around a little after 7. It's almost 10 o'clock. And I told Brother Michael, I said, man, I could do this every night of my life. Just sit and talk about the Word. I love the Word of God. Does anybody love the Word? 
I love the word. Children, get settled. Get established. Get rooted. Because we know our enemy, our adversary, the devil, he's going to come try to fight against us. He's seeking whom he may devour. But the Lord said, after you had suffered a little while. Well, matter suffering ain't got nothing to do with it. That ain't what Peter said. He said, after you've suffered a little while, the Lord will establish, strengthen, settle you, and make you perfect, bring you to maturity. We need some maturity. You know what I asked myself the other day? I said, what makes these people think they're ministers? A lot of them ain't never been through nothing. I'm serious. I know people's got calls of God on their life, but let me tell you something. You've had some experience. And that's what so aggravates me about pastors letting these young preachers preach all the time. You give them an opportunity, I'm for that. But they ain't got no business in your pulpit every week, every two weeks. You just ain't got no business. Y'all hear what I'm saying? Number one, when you preach, you preach the word. But when you minister, you minister what you are or who you are. How are you going to minister to people or minister who you are when you ain't never been through anything? We need some seasoned, mature ministers. There's people out there probably got a whole lot greater knowledge of the word than what I got. I don't doubt it. But I'm going to tell you something. When it comes to experience, when it comes to being still and finding the leadership and the voice of the Lord and being able to minister to people's lives because God's put something in here, I don't have to take a back seat to nobody. God has put me through the fire, and I'm sure there's more trials to go through. But it's for my making. It's for my coming forth. It's for mine to be able to help people. Amen. God's making us children. Don't back out of the fire. Don't shut your heart up against hurts and pains. Because <laughs> you do, you block the Spirit of God. Don't do it. Because when you do that, you're going to stop spiritually right where you're at. Y'all hear me? You'll come to a halt spiritually. You won't be able to go forward. You won't be able to go forward. God's in this place today. I feel a, I still feel a great work in the Spirit of God. It's here. Amen. It's here. I thank the Lord for what He's doing. I don't know where everybody's at today, but that's their loss. That's the way I look at it. This kind of word and this kind of spirit. You don't get in on this, man. It's your loss. And it grieves my heart, but at the same time, I can't worry about it. Time to rise up and go forward. Amen. We're well able. I'm taking y'all in this kingdom. If I got to drag you by the hair of the head, kicking and screaming, I'm taking you in. Because we need God. Amen. Have you enjoyed the word today? I believe God's done something. Down on the inside of us. I really do. I believe God's done something on the inside of us. 
Hallelujah. Y'all just be still just a minute. I just feel a working of the Spirit of God. Man, I feel a wahar hotri. Barucha, arabahasur, baranda, bababayeto. Spiriti achrot, maunkre. For even I, the Lord, speak unto thee, my daughter. And I would say unto thee, cast thy eyes upon the field and look. Say not yet for months. And then cometh the harvest. For the harvest is plenteous. But the labors are few. I've called thee aside to equip thee. That I can bring thee forth. That I can be a laborer in my fields. Be ye still. Seek me. Search for me. And ask me. To give direction to thy feet of the fields that thou would sow therein. Labor not for that that does not hear. For that that does not hunger. For that that does not thirst. For how the Lord have been stolen and impregnating in thee the word of this kingdom. That shall birth and bring forth life. Knowest the pond that when thou cast thy net, thou have been ordered by my spirit and my word. For many have cast nets and come up empty. Even as Peter said, Lord, we've told all night in that very same spot you're telling us. But he said, At thy word, I will let down the net. At my time and my season, my daughter. I shall cause thy net to be cast. Be still. Be still. Search for me. Seek thee. Listen. Learn. Wait for me to order thy steps. Now God shall cause thee to be successful and effectual. Thank you, Lord. You know, the Lord taught me a long time ago. And Lord tell you, don't cast your pearls before swine. There ain't nothing going to be effectual except this gospel of the kingdom. Nothing else. And people that ain't got ears to hear this gospel, you don't need to be laboring among them. Did you know the Bible says that the Holy Ghost spoke to Paul and said, I forbid you to go into Asia. He was forbidden. The Bible said he was forbidden of the Holy Ghost at that time to go into Asia. It ain't where you want to go. It's where the Spirit of the Lord wants to guide your feet. Amen. Amen. There's a lot of people I'd like to help. There's a lot of people I can't help. You know why? They ain't ready for help. There's a lot of people got the gift of prophecy in their life, and they'll see somebody going through something. They'll go to them, just prophesy, just minister over them, and just cry and weep with them, and tell them everything God's going to. They ain't got time. They ain't got time. 
You know, the word of the Lord that's spoken has to be spoken in due season. Or it's ineffectual. <laughs> Y'all better be careful. I think I'm getting my second wind. <laughs> and that's why God's got us right here to teach us, to edify us, to give us direction so we can learn how to be able ministers of the New Testament. So we can minister this present day truth. Unless people are really hungry, you're not going to help them. They're going to go right on in what they're in. You ain't going to help them. I've seen it for 45 years. But I've also seen people hungry. But I'm going to tell you something. You don't have to minister to people very much if they're hungry. They're going to come out of what they're in. They're going to start looking for something. When I met my mother-in-law, she went to a church. She was hungry for the Word. But it didn't take about two weeks of my preaching, her sitting in my tent revival every night. She ready to jump the fence. <laughs> and she did. She'll tell you, she never heard a word like this. She got confidence in it, and it set her free. Out of bondage of religion, bondage of man. Just set you free. Why? It's truth. Amen? It's truth. Do you love Him? You appreciate Him today? I'm going to give you an opportunity to honor the Lord in your giving. Please do what's right. We're going to have to get these trees cleaned up out here. We're wanting to get some work done on the roof. We want to get some painting done out here before our homecoming, homecoming the 21st of May. We're going to get some stuff painted. And uh, See, we're in Bible study and that can come now. Brother Donald's got one. You take care of them? Praise God. Thank you, brother. I appreciate that. But we, we was in Bible study. Front door of the church blew open. Tree went down up there. Tree went down out here. Tree went down down there. This didn't just miss the church. When the door blew open, we saw red, white, blue, and green lightning as them transformers started popping. <laughs> and we had Bible study for about 30 minutes by flashlight. Then we just went on left. And we went on down to Conyers because we didn't have no power at the trailer. You ain't going to stay in the camper trailer. Got some kind of fan or something. And we got up there to the trailer. There's a big tree down across the driveway. We just barely squeezed around it. So it got rough around here. I know they shut Pickens County Schools the next day. All the limbs and stuff down. So we thank God for his mercy. He kept us. Because this out here didn't miss church about 10 feet. If it even missed it by that much. So, hallelujah. You appreciate the Lord? Please. Do what's right in God. That's all I ever ask you. Honor God in your giving. Bible said, honor the Lord with your substance, the first fruit of all you increase. So if God's increased you, honor him. Hallelujah. Bless you, man. It's good to have you in the house of God. I appreciate the Lord. I, I appreciate this word. Hallelujah. Everybody ain't going to preach to you like this. Are they? Bless you, brother. Good to see you. And I appreciate you doing that. Okay. Thank you so much. Okay. Praise God. Hallelujah. Do you love him? Do you love him? Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Come on, brother Donald. Dismiss force. I'm sorry. I'm.
I'm on the bottom physically, so y'all just bear with me. This ain't always going to be. Because I used to run and preach like a wild man. <laughs> so Sue Day back when she first met me. I wild. That's crazy. But I know the Lord doesn't slow me down so he could talk to me. You know, sometimes God got to slow you down where he can talk to you. And if you don't let God slow you down, he'll stop you. Amen. I don't want God to stop me no more because he stopped me twice. I don't even stop me no more. Y'all give the Lord a good praise. Thank you, Lord. Let's say the I want to say the prayer over the offering. Jesus, we thank you, Lord, for the for the offering that we received. Lord, we ask you to bless it, Lord, and let it go further than it ordinary would, Lord. The ones it gave, God, the one that's able to give, Lord, bless back, God. God, we ask you to bless it to the building of our church, Lord, and for the people that's need, God. And God, we ask you in Jesus' name. And you're dismissed in the name of Jesus. Amen.